Tim and Tom. Is it loud? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was really far away. I thought it was, you nope. were here. Nope, that was loud. At least right in the ears, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't like loud, loud. It was a shock. I tell you that. I tell you that. I was like, what the? It's a salsa party in here. Oh, hey, ho, hey, ho. Hey, I, I'm looking through my Google Drive, and I've got a file on there, and it's called Delete This. Um, and I opened it, and it's just a document with nothing on it, right? Just a blank document. But now I, I'm worried about deleting it. I don't know that I should delete it, because clearly I thought better of actually deleting this. Or... Or you're just playing this continuous trick on yourself. Yeah, I wonder if I've done this before. Like, how often <laughs> must I deal with this? Yeah. Tom, uh, bringing the dance party to the show. Uh, uh, uh. Tom, uh. Tom is dancing. Tom, I, you know what? I feel like there's. I don't even care about news, man. I know you did a lot of stuff. I know I did a lot of stuff. What? Who, where do we begin? Well, what'd you do? Because I probably did something way more cooler than you. So let's just start know, with a bottom I mean, basement, uh, and then uh, we'll... it involves soccer games, and it involves me nearly getting thrown out of a youth soccer park by the soccer referee again. Uh, no. No, yeah, no. Yeah, because you almost did once. No, I just got in a shouting match with a soccer mom who totally deserved it. This well, time, I was being... However, hold on. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, you would have gotten kicked out. <laughs> well, that's just because of gender norm, you know? Like, that's just, that's BS right there. That's like, that's, that's like I wouldn't get the kids in a divorce no matter what happened, right? That's just how that worked. <laughs> yeah, man. So, okay. I do not go about yelling at you know, youth officials. And this sounds bad because I, you know, we hark back to uh, Frank Martin who had a good speech about this. Right. And he mentions, you don't want to yell at these referees or the coaches. They are volunteering their time. Right. Here's a fun fact. I learned several weeks ago. These officials are earning $17 an hour playing these youth soccer games. I was like, excuse me. These kids are getting 17, the main official, right? The sideline ones are getting 13. And I was like, yeah. oh, and that's where my dues are going, right? So now, you, Hold you know. On. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, they should get $17 oh, Okay, and I'm fine with that, right? But I was like, oh, well, hold on. This isn't old man pops, you know, out here just trying to help the kids have a thing to go here, right? Like, I'm like, well, okay, gotcha. that, right. So, and the officials all the time, there's bad calls. I mean, they are kids, right? We don't. We're not going off on that, but here's what happens. We're walking up, and the kid literally steps on the back of the legs, rolls over the kid, our player, and gets up, and everybody just kind of stops like, oh, well, that's a foul. And then he kicks in the goal when everybody's just standing there, and the ref's like, play on. And everybody, everybody you know you know you're wrong when even the uh, the team that benefits was like, ah, you know what I mean? Because there's like maybe 40 people out here, tops, right? And we're all standing right there. So you get the whole feel. And everybody was just like, really? And our coach immediately was like, whoa, hey. You know what I mean? Like he was like, come on, right? Screaming. And I was just like, man, that's ridiculous, right? And then they play on. And our kids, like, the kid who got rolled up on is even like looking at the at the referee like, hey, man, what, the, what are you talking about? 
and he starts yelling at this kid. He's like, you didn't get fouled there. Get back in the game. Go on. And I was like, well, that's a little rough, right? And so the game goes on. Like, the kid's still complaining about it several plays back and forth later. And he goes back to the kid, and he was like, you didn't get fouled on that play. Knock it off, or I'm going to throw you out of the game. And I was just like, all right, well, this kid is not cool, right? I mean, this kid's probably 17, 18 maybe, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, and these are fifth graders. And I'm like, all right, this that's not cool, right? Stop yelling. Call the damn things and move on, right? And so mm-hmm. there was another thing. And he was like, one more time. I told you, you didn't get fouled on that play. And I was like, oh, yes, he did, right? And I'm just like, yeah, move on. You know what I mean? Like. And so it was very one-sided at that point because this kid's pissed off at these kids, right? You can just tell this kid's in a bad mood. Maybe his girlfriend broke up with him, whatever, right? So, Tom, I have a demonstrated inability to bite my tongue when somebody's being an a-hole when they don't really deserve to be that in that moment. And that's where the soccer mom thing came in. So he's calling nothing on the other team. And, I mean, this is a really aggressive game. Both these teams are battling for first place, right? Uh-huh. And, I mean, they're throwing elbows left and right, and he's not calling, you know? All right, so I was just like, all right, guys, you cannot use your elbows. The other team totally can use them, but you can't use them, right? I was like, you've got to keep your arms down at your side because they get to use their elbows, not you, right? And he comes over, and he goes, this is the last time I'm telling you. And I was like, it's the first time you're telling me. And he's like, you're, he's like, you're going to get thrown out of here. And I was like, cool story, man. You, every time. They're throwing them every time you're calling them on one team, man. One team. That's it. And he goes, you're going to watch it from the parking lot. And I was like, cool story, man. Call it consistent, and this isn't a problem. And he turned around and walked in. And then, so I didn't say anything after that, right? Because I was like, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get thrown out of this party by a 17-year-old. But... I felt like, hey, man, somebody had to tell this guy, hey, knock it off, man. You know what I mean? Like, chill out and just let him play a damn soccer game without being an a-hole about it and yelling at the kids. He threatened to throw my son out after his second foul, even though the, both te- I literally, I mean, these teams are beating each other up because they're trying to win first place for this new soccer thing, right? And they're just beating each other up, which I wouldn't even, it was fine, you know, playing an aggressive game, but this guy's just, you know, and he was yelling at them then when they were complaining about it. I was like, dude, come on, man. So, you know, I just gave him a little what for, uh, but... Again, I didn't feel in the wrong because later, my team's coach, when I, I said to the coach, I was like, hey, I'm sorry if you caught any flack from the officials for me, you know, saying anything. I, I could have, I was right, but I could have held it. <laughs> I was like, I, that's what I told him. I was like, I still 100% believe I was right, but I could have kept it to myself. And his immediate response was, dude, you said everything I wanted to say. He goes, I tried to bite my tongue. And he goes, and I'm glad you said something because the game calmed down after that. Right? And he's like, you started calling it right. And he's like, so. No problems with me, man. You know what I mean? So it was a, uh, you know, it is what it is. And the other parents were like, well, I'll be your voice. What do you want to say? You know what I mean? I was like, if, if he keeps doing this. And I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I was like, I just wanted to fix it. I wanted to prove me wrong. Like, and that's all it was. But I did nearly get thrown out of <laughs> youth soccer. And you put down a 17-year-old in a high-stress yeah, situation. Who's making a dollar an hour per his, every year of his life. Uh, let know. me get that, man. Um, it, it was just... Uh, it was the rudeness about it to the children. I was like, man, come on, shut up. You suck, and you're just, you know what I mean? Like, they're calling you out on it. Like, you know what I mean? Let's go, man. Let them beat each other up, or don't, but let's just let it happen one-sided. There you go. There you guys go, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Tim, our bully of the podcast. Just 17-year-olds, watch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to cut you down. <laughs> and again, I was never saying, I was just being a rude, sarcastic guy on the sideline, right? I never said anything direct to him. 
You know what I mean? So him coming over to me like, that's the last time. When he's like, this is the last time I'm going to tell you. I was like, it's the first time. <laughs> like, you didn't say anything to me, man. God. Well, it's also the last it's time. It's also the last time. I mean, we both could be saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. It was the last time he told me. See? Cool, he knew, he was cool. laying down the law. I was like, cool. Well, I told us cool story, man. Just call it consistent. This won't be a problem, right? You won't have to throw me out of here then. Jeez, Tim. Yeah, you my know, wife was not happy. One more, one more time, and we're gonna see a <laughs> hey, trend. Hey, my son told me he liked what I said. Uh, the coaches told me like what they said. <laughs> the other parents oh told me they liked the what they said. Right my wife, not so impressed. Yeah, not so that, happy. <laughs> I'm glad that the, you got affirmation mm. from fifth yeah. graders. Well, uh, the fifth graders yeah. love you. No, and the coach and the parents. Uh, but the wife, yeah, you know, she's like, eh, it's not, no, not the greatest look. You know, she's like, well, no. Nah. Isn't that the worst too? Isn't that the worst? Like when you do something that you feel is justified and everyone's okay with it, except for your significant other yes. or like your parent, you yeah. know, like when you're a kid, you're like, that was a funny joke or that was well-made point, yeah. but because it caused a scene, then yeah. they're disappointed. I'm like, look, affirmation. And they're like, yeah, cool. Sorry. They're just saying the same thing to me. I'll say to that kid like, yeah, cool. You're still in the wrong. All right, fine. Whatever. Well, this will be the last time I tell you. Well, it's the <laughs> and first I do. Time. I do. I do lose my cool easy in those situations. When I feel like somebody's trying to get one over, I don't, for whatever reason, let it go. Because I'm like, uh, no, nah, man. It's reason Nobody's telling you off. If you're allowed to continue to be this way, yell at some fifth graders in front of their parents, get out of my... F no, man, for going, huh? I mean, I had cleats in my butt, but yeah, you know... Cool, but play on all right cool well you know those those officials their ego gets the best of them no <laughs> official can ever say that they're wrong it's true they are always perfect in the span of the show if anybody keeping score i have yelled at a lady and i have yelled at a 17 year old guy yeah way to go tim maybe way my wife might be on to something <laughs> yeah i think maybe you should be watching these from the parking lot tim and tom i went to at uh, what is formerly known as Sandstone. It's now the Providence Medical Center Amphitheater on Saturday uh, as my birthday present because my wife will be out of town uh, during my birthday. Uh, we went to the flyover tour headlined by Post Malone. Were you the oldest person there? <laughs> no. No. We were not the youngest by far. By far. But there were definitely older people in the crowd and not just older people that like brought their kids uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but right. my wife did l ask about that. So the only reason I think the crowd was even this young is because what this actually was, was a festival. This was a nine hour show oh, that we okay. weren't necessarily uh -huh. aware was a nine hour show. We started figuring it out kind of the day of, she had bought the tickets and I'd figured out through some clues that that's what they had got me. And I let them on. I was like, Hey, I get it. We're going to see Post Malone. Awesome. Like I'm ready. You don't have to keep a secret. This Post Malone, we've talked about this. Love Post Malone. His new album came out, Beer Bongs and Bentleys. And actually, uh, a little fact that I just saw in reading about this, I'm going to read it right here, uh, that Beer Bongs and Bentleys streamed on Spotify a record 411 million times in the first week of its release. Yeah, right, so but that that's not the record. Okay. I, I guess you know what the record, record is? What is the, the record? J. Cole, the week before. Oh, well, you're right, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But um, obviously, Post Malone, one of the hottest names here, uh, and that Sandstone holds what? I mean... Eighteen thousand. Thousands. Yeah, they said there was fifteen thousand on hand. Uh, we weren't in the in the yard, man. We are too old for that, I'm sure. Right? Like, so we had to get Did some get seats. A... We didn't get in the pit, right? We're not. We're we're too old for the pit and too old for the yard, Tom. We got to get these. Uh, you know that mid rail set, right? The the, uh -huh. yeah, the middle oh, section, yeah. right? That's a yep. good section, right? And we had upper, so we're near the aisles. 
get out easily because you know my prostate's so swollen i gotta piss a lot now um <laughs> you know what I mean? we were there and she did remark about that she's like um mm. she was like are we gonna be like 50 and 60 going to these things because uh she's like we're not gonna outgrow this music right like she's like this is what we like right like at this age we figured that out, right? We're not going to be like, oh, I was, I was, your wife likes it as well. It's not just like oh, yeah. a you thing and yeah. she's like caving because like no. you like it. <laughs> no, um, it, it, she's not as like, yeah, Post Malone as me, but she likes the Post Malone songs, obviously. But she did say, and we'll get into, I'll tell you more what she said about it later, but this is, we started kind of figuring out. So we, we were like, okay, well, uh, she's like, well, we're supposed to start at six, but they moved it up to four. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe there's weather coming in or something, right? Because it's an outdoor venue. And she's like, it's featuring. And she listed off like nine names. And I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> right? And I was like, you list off like nine names. And some of those sounded like groups. I was like, this is, wait a minute. What? <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, it's called the Flyover Tour. And I was listening. I was like, I was like, okay. But there's two stages. So I'm like, okay. All right. So, you know, the first couple acts get her 30 minutes or so. And then, and then the, the second, you know, under the second, what do they call the second guy under the headliner? Um, it, normally the, the opening event. act, right? The co-main event is Lil Pump. So, uh, oh, so, God, get him so, yeah. out of so, here! So yeah, well, and, and more on that, more on that, more on that, more on that. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's great. I, I'm glad you're bringing this up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so. I'm like, oh, okay, but really, I'm just like Post Malone, right? Oh, he's gonna be the majority of it. That's what I'm going for. Cool, you know. I'll see what else these kids are listening to, right? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know any of these names. I recognize Little Pump, and knew that I didn't really like Little Pump, but Post Malone, right? And I was like, cool, right? You know, when am I gonna see Post Malone? And it's five minutes from my house, right? So cool. So uh, we get there, but we were like, okay, well, he's obviously not going on at four, right? We can go get something to eat. We got to run an errand at the store, right? We get there at six and the line is around the block to get in. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, okay. And so she's holding the place in line. I run to the porta potties and there's kid talking. He's like, I came here from Davenport, Iowa. And they were like, all the way to see this. And he was like, yep. And I was like, huh? So I start getting this feeling. I'm like, this is not just a concert, right? Like this is a festival that I'm gone to. And I'm like, I wasn't prepared to come to a youth hip hop festival right i was like maybe i'm too old for that right like yeah. damn so we did sense, s- yeah. right so right so that's why i was a little more younger but again first guy's name was preem as a uh, like supreme but preem uh, uh-huh. you heard of preem no uh-huh. wasn't bad gonna be honest with you had a hype guy that was awesome i mean rocking the crowd right out there head banging and getting rocking you know what i mean like he hyped the crowd well very well so they put on a good show, right? Again, I can even watch a concert of somebody I don't really like and appreciate how the artist, you know, presented the stage, how they act. You know what I mean? I can appreciate the art form that is live music performance, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of more how I was measuring. Uh, Jesse Reyes was a young female who was supposed to be on the second stage, but they had a delay and they needed to like, bring her out. Really awesome. Really good. You should look her up. Uh, listen to that. Snow the Product was real fun. I don't know if you've heard of her. Uh, Latina, uh, Latina lady, and she was awesome. Rock because it's Cinco de Mayo, and she brought up people on stage to dance and was like throwing money at him while she was, uh, while she was rapping and stuff. So that was fun. Um, but then Post Malone was at this point. Oh no, no, I gotta talk about Ghost Maine. You ever heard of Ghost Maine? Do you think I've heard of Ghost Tom? Maine? If Little Tom Pump is also a part of this, Tom, I've yeah. been known to tell you that I was am a fan of the Insane Clown Posse, right? 
that's a that's a that's a music group that people go oh if you tell them you listen to that right and they go most people do and they go why right yeah this made Mm -hmm. me go what is going on with these kids (laughs) you know what i mean i was just like whoa not even about the kids i was just like this kid is dark right and he's was clearly not in a good mood to be here and the crowd really wasn't feeling him either right almost like a a psycho hip hop here this so yeah right so halloween music yeah it's what it's and so you've got a whole bunch of people out here to see post malone right maybe see lil pump right some of these kids uh, probably wouldn't see lil pump i'm sure a lot of the kids do uh, right and there was um there was a group as a trio zombie something i don't even know what they were they were a, a flat bush zombies it was a trio of rappers weird they had a decent message at the end i guess um uh, but i mean overall the show's good right so uh, the people in the pit are clearly loving it right they're moving the crowd except this ghost man guy nobody liked him right you could tell right and he, you could tell he felt that and was kind of just going through the motions and then at the end he's like all right i got one more song for you and literally tom fifteen thousand people went oh <laughs> look at what and you just saw him standing there like, really? And so he sang that last one, and then he was just like, all right, f- have fun with your shit, or whatever he said, right? And just kind of stormed out of there. And then so people were just kind of like, man. But there was a few people you could tell really loved that dude, right? I mean, they were up dancing around. You've been to that venue. It's a weird venue. So it attracts an odd crowd sometimes, right? So, Definitely does. So uh, uh, Post Malone, though, came on, and Post Malone – they you, first of all they redid the stage so it was you know what i mean it was something different and had a whole bunch it was of a lights party. it was a party there now because of delays he didn't come on till midnight the thing was supposed oh. to be done at midnight and again we got there at six man you know what i mean oh. and it's hot and it, it was a lot of sun so we kept going getting up a lot and going and getting drinks because you know we don't know these groups and i'm not trying to sit there in the same position next to some kids for six hours right and they kept mentioning that delayed. We had to put this other girl on. But again, the shows were good and entertaining for what they were. People watching was great. Uh, man, the people watching at that place is some of the best, right? Better than the Sprint Center, right? If you're just going to be like, wow, look at this individual. What is going on here? Right? You know what I mean? Like, this, this person functions in regular society. Look at this. Right? You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. You've been to this venue a lot. You've been on both sides of the stage here at this venue a lot. You're just pointing at people like, look at this one. They're like, man, honey, you seriously? Honey, look at this one. Like, this, and he look has at this a person. job. Look at the boots. That is a really odd choice. Uh, like, you think that person has, like, a wife? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they got kids? All right, so his um, mother loves him. That's crazy. Post one, and even my wife there was. So we we completely glossed over Little Pump, right? We were like that Flashbush zombies were on, and we were like, oh, Little Pump's up next. We can go to the bathroom, right? Like so, we literally were just yeah. like out of there, and we thought we were like, all right, he's gonna be on for a while because he's the you know the co-main event, right? So we were like, fine, we'll go to the bathroom, we'll walk around, we'll get a drink, we'll get some nachos. Um, we're there like we had just finished ordering everything after going to the bathroom. And then we hear him being like, all right, cool, thanks. Like, it was like three yeah. songs tops. And we were like, oh, man, that's the best thing Little Pump could have ever done. Right? And you can even tell, though, because the crowd at some point was chanting, like, post Malone. You know, they're like, hey, what the hell, man? Like, this is what we're here for. And the crowd was, oh, man, so into it. Right? I mean, these kids who look like the AV Club kids uh, were sitting in front of us, man. And the whole rest of the show, you could tell they didn't like 
anybody, right? Anybody. They were bored out of their minds and angry. Every time somebody was like, all right, I got two more songs, they were like, gah, gah. <laughs> I mean, they were like mad. And then Post Malone came on, and these kids were in heaven, Tom. They were arm in arm. They were like fist pumping. They were taking Instagram videos that you couldn't see because it was just a big blur of light. You know what I mean? Because the stage is so bright. And I'm like, kids, put the phone down and enjoy this moment. You know what I mean? Like, enjoy it. My wife said he was, uh, like, amazing. Post Malone's got one of those guys who's just got, like, a charisma just yeah, he's in the room. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he seems uh, like a fine he didn't, young man. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He literally just sang his songs at the thing. At the, at the microphone stand, and he sat down and did a guitar for two of them, but he didn't, like, dance around the stage. He didn't have weird acts or anything like that. He just had some lights and him, uh, and it was an amazing show, and everybody loved it. And then parking sucks getting out of there, yep. uh, oh, yeah. but, you know, that is what it is, but that was my birthday present was to sit through um, a bunch of kids that I don't know rapping, some good, some not. I r- strongly suggest people checking out Jesse Reyes. That was a real good act. Um and then, uh, God, yeah. you're you're so old. I am. Go check out. Go check out that great act. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so uh, the kid, the first kid, Preem, the one I told you, right? Like as in Supreme, but Preem. The only reason I know it's Preem is because I wanted to look these names up later so I could talk about it here on Tim and Tom. Because at the time, I couldn't tell what he was saying. The, you know, the rap. I, I typically oh, have, have said I don't like going to rap concerts because, and my wife even talked about this. This was her first rap concert. She was like. I think it's kind of, forgive my language, it's kind of shitty that they just play their track and every once in a while they like rap over their track. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. yeah, that's the whole thing. And then they don't even rap at the same pattern. Like they ad lib or they scream it. And I was like, they scream everything into the microphone. And I'm like, you do not have to scream into the microphone. That's what the microphone does. It screams for you. You just have to rap it your normal rap the way you recorded it, man, because the microphone screams for you. If you can't elevate your voice to emphasize that this is a cooler part without screaming, man, I, we can train you this. Come on. So it, I couldn't understand what he was saying because he was like, yo, what's up? And I was like, pre? That's what I kept asking my wife. And she was like, I think that's what he's saying. And then I was like, and I was like, how old are we? I was like, I'm sitting here like, what did that young fella say his name was? <laughs> These acts are so, sure uh, the bee's knees, I tell you that much. Couldn't quite hear him through his shouting through the microphone there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. With, uh, a, with a little bit of training and some uh, Dapper Dan, this act you know, could take it to the next if, level. If he got himself a strong vocal coach, uh, he could really improve his life performances. Tim and Tom. What else yeah. did you do? Anything fun? Uh, <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> Yeah. You know what else I did do, Tom? Uh, before you tell me what you did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it was boring weekend. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you and I both traveled to the Kansas City Urban Youth Academy, which is a baseball, softball, youth engagement activity. Urban youth engagement. And uh, I don't even know the correct way to say this. And you know what? That's why you should listen to the interview with the executive director, Darwin Penny. It, it, it was fun. Such a great place. Such an awesome time. Uh, if you have a kid that is looking for an outlet in baseball, take him to this academy. Take him to a clinic. Take him to uh, UMKC uh, softball games, something. Get your kid in front of this place as soon as possible. It was so great. The entire time we were there, I kept on 
telling Tim off air, I was like, I wish this was here when I was a kid. Yeah. It is the coolest you, place. You went ever. into you you were even like, I was good, man. I was good, yeah, man. If this place would have been here, man, I could have made it big leagues, man. Man, I they robbed really me, man. So. Yeah. God, <laughs> I, I could so see good. the twinkle in your eye of the four line. You're talking about me being old. I see yeah. you there, man, at the bar stool going, oh, I could uh, put that ball anywhere I wanted it. I could I just could. breeze I the corner. I was a great pitcher. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh. I believe you. Tim and Tom. What boring uh, stuff did man. you do? Yeah, the boring stuff I did. So Friday was a big day for Emily's family. Mm. Uh, so as I mentioned a few months back, her older brother adopted a baby. Yeah. But when you adopt a child, that doesn't just like, here it is and bye, right? You have <laughs> yeah. to do home visits and you yes. have to do check-ins and you have to do doctor visits and which, then the legal paperwork. Which, of, by the way, yeah, you don't got to do any of that. If you have your own kid, you can do whatever horrible stuff you want to them. <laughs> yep. <All right>. Exactly. <laughs> Great point. Right? Why aren't we doing this here, too? Like, you know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh, no, respect my privacy. All right, but cool, but this kid who needs help, we better make sure these people are, are subject to the same. Yeah, all right. I like that. That's a yeah. great point. Right. So, anyhow, the whole process, that is a great <laughs> yeah. point. Right. The whole process is long and tedious and uh, stressful and whatnot, and it culminated to the official adoption day on nice. Friday. Good. So. Well, congratulations, uh, they, uh, Emily's family. They took pictures. They went to the courthouse. They signed all the paperwork. It is official now. On top of that, their two other children that are their own, not adoptive, but are their own, they lost their first set of teeth. Uh, I believe it was one individual. So they get a great celebration. Check out this. Did you ever get this? Speaking about our youth. Mm-hmm. So when I lost a tooth, it was a quarter. All right. Yeah, What'd you get? I, I feel like get I anything? got a dollar. Dollar, quarter, something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like Okay. These two kids got cakes. Cakes? Yeah, and then here's what? the thing. Yeah, and then here's the thing. Emily made the two cakes for them. And then here's the... Yeah, so <sighs> then I'm gonna after they're people. eating... I'm going to call right. these people. <laughs> yeah, they, they're eating the cake, right? And then they go, oh, by the way, we got two more loose ones. That You know what that means? And I just go, tooth cake? Because I want cake. So I'm making this a real thing. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. She, uh, Emily even made like the outline of a tooth on top of the cake and like filled it in with white icing and stuff. Yeah. It was really great. You guys are setting Um, the bar too high for the rest of us here. That's what I'm saying. But I'm not the one paying for these cakes. So what I'm doing is trying to push this narrative of don't all kids get tooth cakes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thankfully for me, my kids have already reached that age where they told me they don't believe in Santa. So, well, guess what? Tooth fairy's out the window too. Then kids lose them teeth. Sucks to be you, man. (laughs) That sucks. You can't, you can't come tell me that you don't believe in Santa, but do believe in the tooth fairy. Get out, bounce, go mow the lawn. if you want some money. Yeah, so I'm really pushing on that, right? The tooth cake. All children need toothcakes for when they lose teeth. Tim and Tom. I worked the all-women's female organization Invicta yeah. at the Scottish Rite. And I tell you what, Tim, I've hey, seen five By working it, what do you mean? Oh, I was the backstage coordinator. Yeah. Uh, I made sure that all the girls had their pregnancy tests because obviously we don't allow fighters to fight if they're pregnant. Uh, make sure that they have their gloves, make sure that their hands are wrapped properly. And, and all these cheating. are rules of the, of the state commission and stuff too, right? Like you have to, right. so you're coordinating all that. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. So I coordinate all that stuff. So I work the the back and all that, right? And so I've seen. Uh, so I got into MMA in 1997 because Ken Shamrock was a WWE pro wrestler. He had a DVD out. It was called Ultimate Shamrock. I'm thinking he's going to wrestle The Rock and Stone Cold. He ends up fighting Hoist Gracie and all this stuff. Patrick Smith. Uh, I fall in love, right? Like, oh my God, this is amazing. Anyhow, so I've been watching it since 97. Watched the back catalog back to November 93. Yada, 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 right? I've seen literally hundreds of thousands of fights. Every major fight that's happened here and even some abroad, you've seen it. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah if there's a... A marquee fight that I've missed, it, it wasn't by choice. You Tell know, it's me, one because of those, I want to see it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I forgot about more fights than people have seen. That kind of thing. Right. And I tell you what, there's a fight. I don't even remember the two girls' names because it was just so stunning what happened. So the fight starts between the two females. The girl throws what's called a rangefinder kick. It's a back kick, typically off the back leg. And it's just to see like, how far is this person for me striking them? Like, could I strike them from here? Mm. Let's try to move. So you're angles, feeling yada, yada. Right. She throws a lazy, just a bit. Let's see if I'm close. Right. Right. The girl it's called pairing and pairing is like when a strike comes towards you, you take your hand and you circle it out. So it doesn't right. touch you. Right. So you so swing boom. it away from you. Right. Swing it away. I mean, not huge swings, but yeah, a flick of the wrist. Right. Flick it's, of the wrist, it's, it's right? to body it off and away. Exactly. Right. right? So in the all the times I've seen fights, that exchange has that's, happened that's millions common. of times. Right, that's very yeah, common. Very right. common. That, that's a that's a two yard run in football mm-hmm. to give you how common it is. Right, right. right. And, ball but one. here's the crazy. Yeah, right. the craziest thing though happened. So she threw the kick. The girl went to go parry the kick, caught it at just the craziest angle, just boop, and instantly boop. Bone right out of the finger. Wow. Oh. Right out of the finger. Like oh. the, ref, the ref is making the face you're making right now. It was so incredible. Oh. I was like, no way. And the girl like <laughs> girl like took two steps back and she thought she dislocated. She didn't look down. And so she's like trying to like push it, like, you know, try to push it right. back into the socket. But oh. the bone is sticking out of her finger. Oh. Other, other crazy thing. No blood. No blood. Really? It's just, yeah, it's just a whoop. Look at that. There's uh, some white bone marrow uh, poking out of your skin. Yikes, right? I didn't know that could happen. All right. Yeah. So then the ref is like, stop the fight. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and she's like, oh, no, come on. Like She's like, I still can fight. And everyone's like, no, you can't, yeah, weirdo. You, yeah. Stop. You're going to lose and this so, finger. Gonna- <laughs> yeah. So then, and again, I've worked, I've worked coordinating hundreds of fights right oh yeah yeah and emts god bless them i couldn't do that job when someone's yeah. hurt oh, i say no right like that's my first reaction is like yeah. oh you're sick you better call your mom yeah like, that's how i react to all that stuff so god bless them however they don't understand how a fight the, the coordination of a fight works and they shouldn't because they're an emt that's right. what they should be concerned with however they take this girl they're like, all right, we got to like put your finger in a stint and all this stuff, right? Yeah. But they're doing it. They take her backstage right in front of the next two fighters. Oh, so this one poor girl is like warming up and like she hears her music, but she's looking at the girl with the bone out of her yeah. finger and her face just loses color. She just goes uh. like, 
And so I just go jump in between and I was like, Hey, Hey, are you ready? You know, like, yeah. don't look at this. Right. Look at me. Look at me. This is and not going to happen to you. Back. What's going to happen to you is going to be way worse. Get out there. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> well, and then I, so I'm looking at her and I'm like, you're right. She's like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. And so then <laughs> I turn back around and I go, Hey, EMT, like, I totally understand that you're doing amazing work, but can you go away? <laughs> and then again, because EMTs and lawsuits have made this nation such a ass backwards place, they have to, because probably a lawsuit was filed and they yeah. lost millions of dollars. They had to put her on a gurney to get her out of the area. And I was like, it's a finger. She can walk go and so yeah it was a headache but all the fights were fun it was a good time but yeah of all the billions of fights i've seen never have i seen that happen and it was so it was and it was like it was it was, it was as if it was planned you know what yeah, i mean right like it yeah. was so perfectly timed and, and almost choreographed obviously it wasn't that it was just it blew my mind tim and tom Saturday night got to do another aspect of the MMA event, and that was do the play-by-play for MMA Futures, uh, a local company that travels around the Midwest from Des Moines to Omaha, Kansas City, uh, Springfield, St. Louis, all those places, and uh, puts on – well, they're the video streaming service, basically, oh, right. for promotions. I got to do the play-by-play for that with UFC – light heavyweight anthony smith it was a fun time the first first six fights though went a combined two minutes and 14 seconds six fights less than three minutes wow one fight was nine seconds really yeah so i didn't really get to get into my fun one-liners i did get my fun one in about uh antonio martinez because he walked out and i said you know anthony word is uh, antonio martinez is so strong he can eat a steak with a spoon. <laughs> That's my one-liner with about yeah. Antonio and the Martinez. The fight was over as soon as you said that. Yeah, he literally hey, won in like I, five seconds. You uh, got me a gig doing a ring announcing for KCFA one time, and and Antonio Martinez, as I I made the call, the the referee in the in the cage with me goes, it was for I, I made the call for his opponent, Antonio Martinez's opponent. He comes out and this and the ref inside the ring goes, Who's he fighting? And I look back down the car and I was like, Antonio Martinez? And he goes, Oh, he's dead. And just kinda like just kinda went back to staring forward, like with this like, Yep, this is gonna be done fast. Right? Like and I was just like, Oh, okay. So I call out Antonio Martinez and I go out the cage. They ring the bell and I sit down and the bell rings again. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I get right back up and go in. And I was like, here's your winner, <laughs> right? Antonio yep. Martinez. Uh, yeah, man, that guy's impressive. Yeah, he made his pro debut. He won his pro, pro debut with a knockout. And the main event was friend of the show, Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez. He yeah. went to a decision. It was the longest fight of the night. Okay. Went to a decision victory over Jose Martinez uh, out of Denver, Colorado. Really good fight. A big grappling match if you're a fan of yeah. the grappling and transition and submission attempts, things of that nature. So he doesn't just uh, have flips and kicks. He's also got grips. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing about Sharkbait's fights, too, if you've never seen him fight. He does a gainer before the fight even starts. So he does he runs and does a jumping backflip and lands back on his feet, and that's before the bell even rings. So he's entertaining. He'll he'll give you a show. Emily's father bought uh, Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez T-shirt, which I yes. thought was hilarious. Good shirt. Yeah. So th- 
Yeah, it was a great shirt. It's funny. And professional so fighter. he is a professional fighter of both mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. Tim and Tom. Sunday, I watched Backlash and oh, yeah. it was the worst. It was bad. It was real bad. I tried to watch it and I stopped watching it several times. Like, I well, would, I would the just, first ugh. match was really good. The first match I was I didn't fun. see the first one, so, yeah. Yeah, that the first be match it. was the best, arguably, could be, well, no, it's not that good. It's in the conversation, but it's definitely not, but it's in the conversation of best match of the year. So it's it it's, it's, set- it's used in the measuring of. Right, yeah, right. like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the clear front runner and yeah. then if you want to say multi-person matches the the ladder match earlier in that same night yes. you know like those are the front runners but this is like well that's a damn good match too yeah. so uh-huh. but then everything else was hot trash yeah, oh bad. so bad uh so that was my sunday night so yeah overall oh and then so much other fun stuff you had the childish gambino new album or not album but new single mm-hmm. came out with his music video, which was, you know, something we could talk about on a later episode. He did his SNL stuff. I'm a huge fan of Childish Gambino. Yeah. I went to, not to say like, mm, uh, I liked it before you knew about him, but right. I did go to his concert in 2014. Just saying. Yeah, I remember you talking about that one and specifically like having to explain like, no, it's Donald Glover. It's, you know what I mean? Like you had to, you had to kind of like explain it out. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. All right. I know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he before is I knew he was rapping. Yeah, he is killing it right now. Tim and Tom. So yeah, that was my weekend. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, sounds like you had a very enjoyable, uh, weed-filled uh, uh, Saturday night. Oh, and so man, constant. Did, did you get a contact? Did you get a contact constant. high? Uh, I mean, maybe also. Yeah, because it feels yeah. like. Here's the thing too, when you're working security, <laughs> yeah. how do you how do you No you don't. And now there's vapes, so job. Do but I? how do you do your job? How do you do your job? Well, That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. you're going and you know like I have a sense of smell. I can smell this. So what do you do? Do you go like I'm gonna turn into you know, sheriff Barney badass mm-hmm. and try to find this? Or do you uh, just go- Yeah. I think they're looking for dude, don't be selling it here. Right. You know what I mean? Like, don't be doing that. So if they catch you doing that, I think they're, they're told to drop that because they don't want it to be a, you know what I mean? A rave all of a sudden in there, but that's not to say you couldn't buy it there clearly. And the vape thing now makes it really important because people can just smoke vapes of uh, cigarette vapes anywhere. So the only way you're going to know is the smell. Well, it already all smelled like that. I mean, I mean, at some point I was kind of like, all right, guys, are you, are we going to share? Like, cause this turned into a, a nine hour show here. You know what I mean? Cause we did it in the parking lot like adults. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we hit it like you're mean, supposed to. I mean, kidding, of course, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking that same thing. I was like, boy, they really aren't even attempting to stop this and nor could you. Right. Yeah, uh, so, so it's yeah. such a weird it's such a weird, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't know what to do as a security guard. Cause then it goes to, well, okay, if we're going to allow 
X, why don't we allow Y? And if we're going to allow Y, might as well allow Z. And then who cares? What am I even doing here? Right. You know, I'm just stopping murder, basically. Yeah, that's, my, right. that's my only responsibility yeah. tonight is just stop like a, murder. Yeah, we did witness like a boyfriend-girlfriend fight where even my wife was kind of like, hey, are you all right? You know what I mean? Like to the girl, like, do you need like, you know what I mean? And she was like, no, I'm fine. And we were like, all right, well. And the guy then like walked off, right? And kind of left. So I was like, all right, well, cool. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it, you know, drunk young kids around. This is what happens. But I tell you what, who hasn't been there, right? Right. Who hasn't been there? I just, I was like, wow, I, I see why we don't do this all the time anymore. Who hasn't been drunk arguing with their girlfriend in front of Little Pump? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it sounds like a staple of American life to me. Tim and Tom. We need to take a break because we've already been at this for you know a long time, and we've got an amazing interview coming up with Darwin Penny, the executive director of the Kansas City Urban Youth Academy. This place is great. What they're doing is great. The messages they try to spread and the lessons they try to give these children are great. You need to hear this interview, and it is fun, and it'll make you want to go watch some stuff, perhaps donate your time to them. Who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah, like I said, if you're any type of a baseball fan, either you played it as a youth, you watch it uh, today, you're a fan of the Royals, you're you know you are a high school baseball player, you just enjoy keeping a you know a box score of of the game. Whatever it is that you like about baseball, you need to one, please listen to this interview, and then two, be involved with this organization because it is amazing for one, Kansas City, and two, the sport. Cannot speak more highly of this organization. Uh, You will hear the interview after this break. All right, we will do that after we go take a break. We got to get some of our own festivities, uh, some concert supplies, as it were, and come back to the show with more Tim and Tom. Fun fact, pet food companies use professional human pet food tasters to assess and write reports on the flavor, texture, and smell of the products. They want to shoot me down. Oh, we think he better than us. They going to shoot me down. Said he's so fly, they gon' shoot me down They'll be posted outside just to shoot me down Don't say nothing to police, for they shoot me down They'll be marching in the streets if they shoot me down Tell me, listen, don't speak, or they shoot me down What these people don't see, you can't shoot me down Tim and Tom Alright Tom, we've heard a lot about this Kansas City Urban Youth Academy And I mean, we've heard a lot, but we have not had a chance to come on site, which we're here now And just kind of get the quick tour and actually talk to somebody And I gotta say, I'm really impressed to start off Yeah, uh, as we mentioned, we've talked about this before uh, But then, as you just said, we got a little tour of the facility And it's one thing to talk about it, and it's another thing to be here And it's so impressive, uh, the facility that they have um, and we're very excited to speak with our guest today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've been given a lot of time here uh, with Darwin Penny, and we're, we're appreciative for that. He's the Kansas City Urban Youth Academy's executive director. How are you doing today, sir? So I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys giving me a chance to tell a little bit about our story. And let's get a quick, easy into what is that story. What, could you, is there an easy mission statement to, to start off with? Certainly, uh, our, our opportunity to uh, provide baseball and softball opportunities uh, to those who are underserved and to give them an opportunity also to extend out to opportunities that exist beyond the game. It's a bit of common, I want to say, talk to hear that. Like, let's 
let's give back to urban youth or let's get them involved and stuff like that. But this seems to take it to a whole nother level. I mean, we have giant facilities here, state of the art. We have staff on site, which is not what you typically get when you hear these, hey, we're going to give back to urban youth. It seems to be a bit of a struggle. There's some fundraising details. Uh, how did we get so massive and seemingly so quick? I mean, this thing kind of sprung up on us here. Well, I think you have to go back to a conversation that uh, was had between uh, Dayton Moore and the executives from MLB. Obviously, there was already a chasm uh, between those who live in the urban core and the cost of the pay-for-play aspect of baseball and softball. And so uh, Dayton really has a heart for every kid to have the opportunity to play the great game of baseball Mm -hmm. and softball. And so um, Major League Baseball was looking for another opportunity to have an academy in a, in a northern area or a Midwest uh, area, and so obviously Kansas City uh, was chosen as a site. Um, we have uh, used a little bit different model than some of the others in that we are the academy that is run through the baseball operations department of a major league franchise and not through uh, the team's foundation or through their community, um, to their community outreach department. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, It gives us an opportunity to uh, utilize people in baseball operations, but it also allowed us that in our model, those of us who work here were employees of the Royals and not employees of the nonprofit. And so we are a separate entity from the Royals, but at the same time, we get the opportunity to utilize uh, those resources that the Royals provide us. And so it all began with... uh, really two building off of the success that the Royals had in 2014 mm-hmm. and 15 mm-hmm. with two World Series appearances. When you talk about doing something of this magnitude uh, in a major league city, uh, it helps that your team is a winning franchise at that right. time. And Dave Moore and his staff had created just such a great culture, not only within the walls of the Kauffman uh, Stadium, but within the community and people being excited about the Royals. And so an opportunity to partner with him and to partner with the Royals and then to have the support of the Glass family. This doesn't work without the support of the Glass mm-hmm. family. And so for them to be the type of people they are as owners to support and see uh, the opportunity they have not only to make an impact in the game, but to make an impact in the community, to not just be uh, takers of what people uh, uh, support in there, but just to give that opportunity to give back. What does that look like? And so. Uh, this gives us a start. There are so many other things that can be done, but we wanted to make sure that kids had an opportunity to play, to ha- provide them with a safe place, but then to expose them to opportunities that exist in and around the game, that if you're not playing the game, you don't know that there are opportunities in sports medicine. Mm-hmm. You don't know that there are opportunities in broadcast journalism that don't involve you being on the field. Everything now has centered around the elite level athlete. Well, right. what about the kid who just wants to enjoy the game? Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about playing collegiate level, or I'm not thinking about playing Major League Baseball or, or, or Division One level softball, where do I fit in? Because we believe that every kid needs to be a part of something. And one of the things that Dave Moore tasked the people that uh, he would call his staff when he first came here to Kansas City was to treat every kid like they were your own son or daughter. And so if you would do this for your own son or daughter, then like that. Right. So at the end of the day, this is what Dave Moore would have done for Robert Moore right. or his two daughters. And so that's how we get to this point today. Nice. 
So you've touched on it a little bit, but let's drill down a little bit about what the Academy actually offers. So could you tell us a little bit about kind of uh, some of the activities, some of the uh, things around baseball that you were mentioning? Right. So what we'll do is we'll have a series of, first of all, instruction. What does instruction look like? So it'll, it'll consist of open workouts where kids can come, take part in an open workout. It'll have a player development mindset behind it in that we try to make sure we do a proper assessment of a kid. And we want to put them with a group that is uh, of, a, of a similar uh, skill set mm-hmm. uh, like they would do in a minor league in a minor league program. Right. So when you're coming through the minor leagues, you're with guys of a similar skill set. Now, you may be a little bit older or a little bit younger. If you're a little bit older, then they try to fast track you out of a particular level. Mm-hmm. If you're a little bit younger, then the opportunity to repeat a level is mm-hmm. there. So we take on that mindset. So we do that. Uh, next thing that we'll center around will be an after school program. Uh, that will target in the first year, fourth grade, an opportunity to show them not only the skills on the field, but some skills off the field that would be conducive to them being successful, well-rounded individuals. One of the things that you got to remember is that we center our instruction around here with a thought process of helping each kid uh, achieve their ceiling, Mm -hmm. both on and off the field. So you may be um, high school level on the field, but you may be world class mm-hmm. off the field. And so we, we feel like we have an opportunity to help every kid become a world class citizen. That's a lot nice. easier than developing a major league right. baseball player. And so if, right. if you keep that development mindset, and so we'll have that. We'll also uh, partner with some other existing programs around here to provide a summer program where kids can can come and participate Mm -hmm. and and, and they'll get the skills of the game, but we'll also partner it with some facet of classroom work. Uh, Hopefully one of the things that we want to promote around here is STEM development where they are working around science and technology. What a great place to learn that is like what we see today is sabermetrics, baseball Mm -hmm. analytics. That's all science and technology driven. And so the way they learn to scout and things like that. So uh, we'd like to develop the young kids in that manner. Uh, we hope to ha- have a broadcast journalism team where kids learn how to uh, write uh, a story for the game. Kids will learn how to be behind the camera. Kids will learn how to do PA announcing mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Eventually, we hope to have a program centered around entrepreneurship where they would get an opportunity basically to run our concession stands, maybe even have a little each trade commerce store Mm -hmm. uh, where you sell items that are Urban Youth Academy Mm -hmm. uh, uh, t-shirts, hoodies, all of those type of things, but they get to learn how to do that. So, but at the end of the day, we want to do baseball very well, right? right. When you walk up here, you see baseball fields, mm-hmm. both indoor and outdoor, and so we want to be able to do baseball and softball well, and so make sure the kids have those opportunities. Um, and then uh, we'll, in the fall, kick off some other leagues. We'll have our first league this summer for six to nine-year-olds. And so at the end of the day, though, it, it, it begins and ends with instruction, either on the field or in the classroom. And that's I like that a lot because, you know, being exposed to sports and things of that nature do help sort of uh, grow the whole person. I mean, if you're being exposed to leadership and teamwork capabilities, do you, uh, has it been hard to sort of get that message out that this is also what you guys are doing? Are you having to kind of go to area schools or are you having to put out a media blitz or is it just kind of everybody started walking up saying, hey, what are you guys doing here? Right. So we have uh, been intentional about getting into schools uh, within our local urban core. Uh, 
whether they're public schools or, or uh, charter schools, getting mm-hmm. out there, share with them. One of the things that we did was we offered a little field trip program where they were able to bring second, third, fourth grade, uh, fifth grade students here. And it gave us a chance to also do a little bit of beta testing on how mm-hmm. we wanted to develop our after school yeah. program. So we bring them here. It's a very interactive opportunity for them. They get to learn how to swing a bat, throw a ball, field. And we also were able to put in it some soft skills that they could learn to how to do an interview, uh, a short uh, interview, uh, how to uh, keep score. How many kids do you know today that don't know how to actually mm-hmm. keep a scorebook? Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the very first uh, grassroots level mm-hmm. of the Sabre metrics and, mm-hmm. and all of the baseball analytics today is just learning how to keep a scorebook. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to challenge them with uh, things like, Okay, if you threw five balls in the hoop, then one of them made it in the hoop. What's your percentage? Mm-hmm. So, just you you took you took math and put it to baseball. You know, I right. remember back when I was a, uh, uh, taking geometry in in high school. If my teacher would have said to me, "Hey, Darwin Penny, do you know when you make contact with the ball, you're creating a ninety degree angle with your bat and your arm?" And she'd have had me. Right. 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 Yeah. Instead, I was doing a little bit of uh-huh. like Charlie Brown. Like, right. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and I kept saying, "When am I going every?" Use geometry in life, mm-hmm. and then I found myself as a coach, whether it was baseball, football, basketball, using geometry every day because mm-hmm. it's all about angles that you take in pursuit, either of a runner or a ball, or sh- the angle that you're shooting. And now we got the biggest craze of all in baseball this launch angle mm-hmm. of the bat. Uh, I won't get into that today. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> so, we can talk but, offline, yeah. But, right, but there may be some kid here who one day comes through and they may find that perfect mm-hmm. angle that says you can do this. Or they can put together, you know, how many uh, times that a ball spins in 60 feet, 6 inches, and all of the other sacred metrics that go along with it today. And so we don't want to limit a kid, but if we give them an opportunity here to really find out who they are, who they were created to be, then that gives us a chance. And so each and every day, uh, the thing that I've tasked our group with is to see if we can grow kids fourfold. Mm. Number one, that we can grow them physically. Baseball is part of mm-hmm. being physically active. Number two, it's a social interaction mm-hmm. uh, between other people, between different coaches. Uh, sometimes, if you get to the professional level, different languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, third, we believe there is an academic component to everything that you do. You're learning how to play a game, and so that requires uh, some focus, some instruction. Uh, being able to how to uh, handle instruction and to be able to sift through all of the different uh, information that you get. So there is a process there. And then lastly, we feel like that there is a spiritual component to it. Each and mm-hmm. one of us was uniquely designed to do something in life that would impact the lives of other people, whether it's behind a microphone or if it's on a ball field in a classroom uh, as the leader of a, a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. That was something that you were created for. Right. And so. Uh, we want to make sure that we point you in that direction. Uh, one of the greatest moments I've ever had as a coach was a kid that wanted to come out for baseball, and he wasn't a very good baseball player. Okay. I, I kept him on, but I realized one of the things that he could do is that he could run. And mm-hmm. so I targeted what he could do, uh, but I actually was able to steer him to, I said, you know, you know you could really help the track team a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, he wound up uh, running track in college. He wasn't right. a baseball player. And so maybe some kid comes through here and, and I see that and say, you know what, you're going to maybe have a limit on what you can do on the field, but, man, you may be the guy that uh, revolutionizes 
how the game is covered. Mm-hmm. And so because you have that. And so at the end of the day, it is about helping a kid achieve his full potential, his or her, and then to make them become the next generation of reciprocators. One of the mm-hmm. things that would be the joy of my lifetime is to be able to raise a kid here and one day that kid be the executive director right. to say that's a second generation. And then we know we would have uh, really achieved our goal when we have kids that come through here then all of a sudden they're bringing their kids mm-hmm. here to see where I grew up and, mm-hmm. and like that so uh, we want them to become great reciprocators of the gifts that people have given them right with all of the amazing things that you guys have offered uh, I want to focus a little bit about the programs what what goes into developing a program how long does a program go from inception to now we're using an application with kids you know enrolled in it and is there almost like a think tank where you guys are getting together saying like, hey, we could, you know, go down this avenue of, like you said, this, uh, the cybermetrics, things like that. What is what is the, the executive, I guess, responsibilities as far as programs go? So when we look at programming, uh, one of the things is, is uh, like they talk about the NFL being a copycat league. We've mm-hmm. looked at the other academies and some of the things that they've been successful with. Then we were, in order to put together a, a program, we went out and started to ask questions of kids that would be after school age and say, what are the things that you're most interested Mm. in, right? What are the things that you're attracted to? Is it uh, technology, is it entrepreneurship, those things. We also did a survey of parents and that helped us start to put together in that think tank, Mm -hmm. right? That, uh, because we have one of our our, um, staff here who really loves to watch Shark Tank. And so she brought that that attitude through there. And we actually tried to create a game when we were doing our beta testing for kids to say, Shark Tank, come up with an idea, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we, we also hope to do is to utilize the kids in helping us develop a program. So many times today you see people develop programs that they think will work, but it doesn't necessarily work for those. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. It doesn't work with that group. So you need to know your demographics. You need to know what you're working with. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we looked at, like I said, the other academy and some of the things that they were doing. And so we may sit down for, for two or three weeks uh, just coming up with different ideas, uh, rattling off to each other, what about this? And then uh, to start designing it, you know, would, would take us another couple of two, three weeks. And then uh, then to do some beta testing, you know, we went through about a three-week beta testing uh, period uh, just to finally decide this is the one we want to start with. But it may not, after each year, we'll reevaluate mm-hmm. it. So our program and our after-school program will be, uh, a 36-week program that'll be that'll coincide with the school year, mm-hmm. and so once the kids that get selected uh, for it, um, they'll go through the program, and that's the biggest commitment that we have from the parents because everything that we'll do down here will be at no cost to the student oh, wow. athlete. Wow! But that will be the challenge: is the commitment level. Is, right? Can you say my kid's going to show up here for four or five days a week? Mm-hmm. Like that. So, and then we'll add to that um, a component that centers around health and wellness as well. And so what we want to be basically is in a, a baseball, softball academy that's like Walmart, one-stop shopping. Mm-hmm. So if you could come in and, and get all that you need. And so that's one of our big mottos around here is that when kids come through the door, we don't ask them where they're from. We, don't, we ask them what they need. Mm-hmm. Right? And so every kid has a, has a need when they come through to that, whether it's emotional, spiritual, physical, whatever. Sure. And we want to try to see if we can address the need. Nice. So would you say there's been any sort of biggest hindrance to getting this thing off the ground? Has there been the biggest challenge, as it were? 
there's always a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's always a challenge of uh, people worrying about who is, is going to be invited and, and, and are you going to be exclusive mm-hmm. and things like that. And one of the things we want to try to make sure is that we're very inclusive of everything that we do. Uh, obviously, when you start talking about putting together a facility of this magnitude, you know, finances, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have a huge, even though uh, we are completely funded as far as our facility, we need funds to uh, operate programming sure, on a daily yeah. basis. But I go back to my earlier statement about our model, because we are employees of the Royals and not employees of the nonprofit then any monies that folks donate to us goes directly in the program. Mm, right. It's not paying for salaries of right. employees, mm-hmm. and so that's a big thing. Um, the other thing is that we are in an age where, uh, to be honest, especially in the urban core, the African-American culture, uh, baseball is not high on the priority list, mm-hmm. right? Because one of the biggest things has been the cost associated with the games. When oh, yeah. you got two, three, four, five hundred dollar bats, mm-hmm. hundred dollar glove, uh, I got to buy you a pair of shoes that you can't wear anywhere but the but the mm-hmm. ballpark. Yeah. You can't wear them to school, and so as the fabric of our homes has have broken down in some of the urban core, um, the the single parent home trying to to foster this opportunity for a young kid, it may be a little bit difficult, but we're thankful for the generous donations that we have and that we are able to provide gloves and bats Mm -hmm. and equipment for kids and say, that's not the hurdle anymore. The hurdle now is to draw them into a game that is very steeped in tradition. Um, When you look at basketball and football and the instant gratification that go along with them and uh, the opportunities that exist out there uh, for us to try to reel back in a generation that didn't grow up loving baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball to them is not their America's pastime like it was right. when I when I was a kid growing mm-hmm. up. You know, we used to have a great commercial baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. I still drive a Chevrolet to this day. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that is that. But to, how do we draw this next generation in? that have grown up on video games and all of these things that give you instant gratification when baseball is a little bit slower paced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is uh, a little bit uh, unrewarding. Uh, it's unforgiving in that um, it's it's based around failure. So our mm-hmm. greatest challenge is to try to make it exciting and to embrace uh, the newer uh, hip hop culture mm-hmm. and how does it fit mm-hmm. them and, and those things. Whereas basketball and football have readily accepted right. the hip hop culture. Baseball in its traditionalism mm-hmm. has been yeah. a little bit of a hindrance to it. And yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest, uh, if not the biggest hurdle, uh, now that we've conquered some of the financial games. Sure. So. With uh, this facility, like we were talking about at the start of the interview, it's very beautiful. And as two adults, uh, I was wanting to know what kind of events do you guys have here where the community can be involved and, in, you know, uh, is there any ways to watch a baseball game or a softball game or are there any fundraiser events where, you know, uh, the community g- can give to this uh, youth baseball academy? Right. So we will have those opportunities to give as we farther go down. Uh, part of our uh, uh, development strategy will be to have two or three large events a year that people will get a chance to come down and do that. Um, 
every time we, we, we host games down here, the gates are wide open and there's no charge. One of the things that we've said to those people who come down here and host games that part of it would be that you can't charge a gate. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't charge a gate. Even when we hosted a game here between Missouri State and Iowa, wow. uh, we, we there was no charge because one of the things that has taken baseball and softball out of the neighborhood is because there's not high quality mm -hmm. competition many times in the neighborhood. You right. got to go out to the suburbs to play and, you know, they got the um, multiple field complexes on the suburbs or not in the urban core. Mm -hmm. So for us to have that and it's right off the highway, mm -hmm. that opportunity for us to know all of a sudden attract people. Matter of fact, we got a call from a retired uh, lady today that she says, I want to know the schedules because I want to come down there every day and mm -hmm. watch games. Yeah. And so we've got to get people back into that mode of I just want to come down and watch a game and you know maybe we get some popcorn in the air and they can smell it and they mm -hmm. want to come by and to come and be uh, very open. And so those are the challenges. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll look for ways to partner with people where there are mm. uh, abundant funds and resources to come in uh, because we are a standalone uh, operation uh, separate from the Royals, even though you mm -hmm. will see Royals logos here right. as, as our sponsor. And sometimes that is a misconception that uh, um, that they send us a bottomless pit of financial sure, right. resources yeah. to, to, to be successful. They give us a startup, mm -hmm. and then we have access to them when you, t you know when we talk about our our, our our development resources. But to day to day operating budget, mm -hmm. you know, we've got to do that ourselves. Yeah. And so we will be looking for creative ways uh, to partner with many people to provide a service to the community. Uh, that we can uh, that will be sustainable right. over a long, long period of time. So you guys aren't the reason that we couldn't sign Hosmer then. <laughs> Certainly not. Okay. We couldn't sign Hosmer and everything. So uh, I, I think that uh, um, you know, anytime that you have your own representation, it, that becomes a a agreement between you and your representation mm -hmm. and what would be the best opportunity for you to play in. And sure. so, uh, you know, what a great uh, guy that he was, great mm -hmm. ball player sure. and everything like that. But, you know, that's the baseball world that we live in today. Yep. And that uh, not all the time do we see in this era a, a player play for one organization mm -hmm. their entire career. Um, yeah. I think the last somebody we were able to see do that probably was – you know, Craig Biggio, Tony Gwynn, mm -hmm. guys that played their Jeff entire Bangor, career, yeah. played their entire mm -hmm. careers, especially a, uh, uh, an organization that developed you, right. that originally signed you, because that's the thing about Bagwell. Bagwell wasn't originally signed by the Astros that's true. Yeah. and everything. Yeah. So Biggio was one of the guys I look mm -hmm. when I look at guys that were uh, like that. So, uh, but certainly, I, I don't think that we here at the Urban Youth Academy are the deciding factor on whether or not uh, Mr. Hosmer would stay uh -huh. here. But we do thank him for his contribution sure. prior to his exit. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you mentioned it, some of the biggest challenges with, I mean, like you said, it was highly populated, uh, poorer areas were, were the hotspot for baseball back in the day and as you said it's kind of drifted the sport got more expensive the rise of football and basketball kind of gave way to maybe just a declining interest in this kind of area um so that does seem like a daunting task when you're setting up something like this but and i asked you what 
say the biggest challenge was, have you had any like major successes or moments where you're like, all right, this is really taking hold. We're, we're hitting on something here. Uh, certainly. Uh, <laughs> uh, when we had our first baseball clinic and we had 50 kids to sign up for it and a hundred kids show up. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a great interest, but I think this is a key time because of uh, a few things. Uh, number one, uh, people are looking for opportunities for their kids to get involved, and especially mm-hmm. if it's something that provides multiple avenues for them. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, with all of the information now that's that's floating around concerning CTE, mm-hmm. I think parents are right now becoming a little bit more fearful of their kids playing uh, football. Mm-hmm. And so baseball looks as though it's something that you can do uh, long-term without long-term repercussions uh, right. because of the physicality of mm-hmm. it. And so I think this is a great time for those of us who are involved in the game to to really reach out and to try to get kids involved, and especially if we could eliminate some of those hurdles and barriers. And then there's a ton of misconceptions out there, too, that people believe that if your kid is not playing travel ball at eight years old, mm-hmm. they're never going to play high school ball, much right. less college or the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, we think that we have the ability to start to chip away at, at some of those misconceptions out there by saying, hey, let's just uh, let's be process oriented. We, you know, we have become a very results uh, driven mm-hmm. society. Uh, but I always say if the process is right and you trust the process, the results take care of themselves. Right. All right. So where can we learn more? There, obviously, there's websites or social media. What all we got here? So we got the MLB.com backslash KCUYA mm-hmm. is our, our website. Uh, we're also on Twitter at KC uh, underscore UYA. You can follow us there. You can follow us on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And so we always have information there concerning the next clinic, mm-hmm. the next available camp, the next open workout. Um, even when we host some of the large games that we have here, uh, those things will will be out there available on social media. Or we are still like the old school barbershop. You can just mm-hmm. walk up okay. and we have information here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have the ability for those who don't have uh, internet access at home. We do have a kiosk here mm-hmm. where we can get you signed up uh, via the internet. Okay. And then there's information that you can take home. Um, in this almost paper-free society right. that mm-hmm. you can't take mm-hmm. home with you, and then you know, look for us at a, you know, at a resource next to you. We may show up at your school, we may show up at mm-hmm. your church, we may show up at your community, your homeowners association, and, and certainly uh, anywhere else we can to tell our story. So, sure. but certainly uh, those who have internet access, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Uh, won't be long before we're probably on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then uh, certainly uh, the MLB.com mm-hmm. uh, backslash KCUYA. All right, and so you got anybody uh, waiting that you've been developing yet that's going to help us break 50 wins this year? I don't think anybody uh, <laughs> we've got here is ready. Okay. Uh, but I do think that we're going to uh, break uh, 50 wins. All I tell everybody now is trust the process is that Everything is magnified early in the season. Mm-hmm. If you get yeah. off to a bad start hitting-wise, you're batting in the bingo parlor, 099, mm-hmm. everybody, you know. Yeah. But it's like that. So just uh, we're not that far away if you're, if you're playing close attention to the games. Uh, we're not that far away uh, having Salvi back. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll, he'll get us over 50 he'll get a few dingers. Sure. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and everything right. like that. 
And really, if you look at our starting pitches, the starting pitching has been pretty solid mm-hmm. and everything yeah. like that. So uh, we've got some young guys in the bullpen that need a little bit more experience. And all uh, is really go back to last year, very similar start last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And then we got hot in May and June going to the All-Star break about a game out. Yeah. You know, we needed to be able to sustain it. Uh, beyond that, uh, especially with a good team in our division like Cleveland. Uh, but, uh, you know, just uh, in, in the words of uh, uh, Jesse Jackson, keep hope alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Darwin Penny, Executive Director, Kansas City Urban Youth Academy. We appreciate your time, sir. Thank you guys for having me, and uh, best of luck to you guys as you continue with this great show. Thanks. Tim and Tom. Tom. We had eventful weekends, and that means we ain't slowing up yet. We're going to put the foot to the floor, and we are going all the way. We're not stopping until the wee hours of the morning. We got more things to do. There's nonstop stuff going on in this town. Give me some ideas. What do we got? Oh, I tell you what, Tim. We got some fun things, so let's kick it off. Again, before I start this list, here's my disclaimer. If you are not interested in the uh, events that I give you, that's okay. Please feel free to check uh, I mean, out. Yeah, but I mean, please okay. feel free. To, yeah. So please feel free to check out any reoccurring events at the uh, Union Station, Power and Light, uh, City Market, all of those fun, fantastic places. But, but let, I, let us. I would urge you to listen to these lists that are, you know, the list that Tom gave you because he gives you some gold stuff to do. Oh, and we're starting off with some gold right here. Let's go back to high school as Jimmy Eat World will be at the Truman. Yeah. want to knock back a few maybe a few too many and you want to just you know what i mean just wildly wail your arms around and kind of mildly headbang but not all the way because your neck kind of hurts now you know if you do that you know you're injured at playing sports you know like rec league sports or something uh you know but you want to relive your childhood right right this is for you hey yeah fun fact yeah uh, i i tried to fight the lead singer did you really? Yes, I did. Jimmy? You tried yeah. to fight Jimmy? I don't know if, it, if that's his name. Or is he so, Eat World? Yeah, I don't know. But here's the story. So back in 2007. <laughs> Hold on, Hold on. Oh, yeah. So this is prime. Like, this is Jimmy Eat World time here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like 2007, 2008, somewhere in there, I think. Maybe okay. a little earlier, maybe a little later. No, it was definitely earlier because – um, anyhow, so they were headlining a 96.5, the buzz show, right? Oh yeah. Well, my friend, uh, won the homegrown buzz. He was in a band called life in Jersey. If anyone remembers that life in Jersey, right? They won okay. the homegrown buzz artist. So they opened for Jimmy world. Really? Okay. It was, it was, it was the homegrown buzz. Then Jimmy world's, you know, like little pump, you know, like that co, uh, headliner, 
spot and then yeah. Jimmy Eat World, right? So my friend's band plays. It's I'm backstage because I'm hanging out with them, having a great time. Uh, they play, they come off, and I don't remember how the altercation happened anymore, but essentially the lead singer kind of was like, that kind of sucked. Like, And he said it in front of oh, my friend and his yikes. band. Yikes. And they are like the nicest people. Like they're, they're going to be the type of people where if they ask for no pickle on a hamburger and pickles on a hamburger, they're going to take the pickle off and just eat the hamburger. Right. That's the people they are. Right. I'm not one of those people, especially back then when I had the confidence of a thousand, you know, number one overall picks in football. Right. Okay. And so he kind of does this like, <clears throat> and I said, Hey, F you. Okay. He goes, what? And he looks at me like, what? Because at the time, I'm like 21, 22, somewhere in there. Yeah. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, they're going to be bigger than you. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right. And he's, like, he's like, okay. And I was like, dude, you don't have to be a prick. And he's like, what'd you call me? And then I stood up because I was sitting like in a chair and I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll smack the taste out of your mouth. I do remember saying that. I was like, I'll smack the taste out of your mouth. And then like everyone got in front of us and then I got kicked out. But I I was like, F that guy. I was like, and then I just made every, you know. You see why we're friends, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have some similar, you know, hey man. Nah. Yeah. You don't (laughs) don't do that. And they were good. And they were good. Yeah. You know, you won a contest to open up for the damn band. Yeah. And that's your only that's your only hit, you jerks. So go to the Jimmy Eat World at the May 15th. Tell them that they were pricks on t- in 2007? Yeah. <laughs> Tell them at one time they were a prick to a guy in Kansas City. Yeah. It's Tuesday, May 15th, 7.30 at the Truman. Uh, you've never been there, which I haven't, but a co-worker of mine goes a lot and says it's a fantastic venue. Just a big open space for some good rock music. Uh, check out Jimmy Eat World at the Truman, May 15th. All right, now All let's right. get get it moving. The next event, and it's just because, I tell you what, if you've never been to Buck Night in Kansas City, you are missing out. So Friday, May 18th, uh, doors or gates open at 530 at the K. It's going to be the New York Yankees mm. taking on the Kansas City Royals, Summer Fireworks, and Buck Night. Wow. I mean, and the Yankees? Yeah. They, right, let's, they yeah. could charge 20 Buck Night when they have the Yankees because that's always a sellout. That's what I'm saying. So I tell you what. That's a deal. I'm not sure if it gets better than that, right? You get to see Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, some Royals players, fireworks, <laughs> everything's a dollar. <laughs> gonna be a great night yeah those royals guys hey they're only six games out yeah hey those fireworks though that's why you're showing up right yeah and buck night and buck night oh man you know hot dogs taste great yeah but a dollar hot hot dog at a ballpark Mm. Mm. yeah with some of your favorite friends with some of your favorite condiments that are lukewarm at best, if not just hot, because they're sitting on the sun and they probably have E. coli. Uh, oh, you know? America. Yeah. Um, America. Yeah. So yeah. go see the Royals on Buck Night, right? We are great at this ex- events thing. Yeah. We are solid. People exactly, should pay us money for this. They, yeah, come on. Play us, please. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what. Lukewarm condiments with an oversaturated salty hot mm-hmm. dog for a dollar. Mm-hmm. 
That oh, yeah. is what Charles think, Gambino is talking think, about when he of, says this is America. Yeah, think of the trans fats. Mm, and that bread, mm-hmm. that soggy bread. Oh, you can eat six of those. Well, soggy, but still crunchy on the outsides, right? And still yeah, managed to work that best. out. Right. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So go to Buck Night and see. And a watered down Coke. I yeah. tell you mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. Yep. America. Yep. Flat draft beer, America. maybe even the best yeah. all right now let's get uh moving on to the next event this is going to be may 19th a saturday night in yeah. kansas city kansas kck turner rec center yep 831 yes. south 55th street turner rec center it is the return of metro pro this the is main exciting. event a two out of three falls match between dak draper and jeremy the monarch Wyatt. Friends of our uh, alter ego show, the Spanish Announce Table, and would likely be friends of Tim and Tom if we asked them. We just haven't asked them yet because we got important people to talk to. Uh, like you just They're heard. important too, but, but they you are. Know. But, you know what I mean? So it's it, there's a list. There's a line. You know what I mean? You just made the list. There's, there's, there's a line. I mean, they're definitely on the list. They are in the door. You just got to wait your turn, you know? I mean, it's just, you know, you it's where you are in line, guys. But they are great dudes. Uh, and the rest of the card here. I mean, we know... Probably ne- almost everybody on that card personally have met them, and they've always been nice people. They'll put on a great show to try to entertain all you fans. Uh, for those that don't know, we've had the NWL on before. Uh, sadly, they closed up shop, and thus the return of Metro Pro Wrestling, which had been in existence well before and was purchased by uh, the NWL when they came around. But now they're back, and this is going to be fun because these events in the Turner Rec Center felt like a family gathering of your wrestling fans that knew these characters, knew these things. It was always a packed house, always enjoyed the show, and you will not come away without thinking, all right, that was fun. And if you're an old-school wrestling fan, in the co-main event, it will be in a Tongan street fight, Hoodie Howlett versus Haku, yeah, the toughest man in pro wrestling history. Ask anyone. That is the toughest man in pro wrestling history. That is the co-main event. Yeah, like Legit. legit, like... Not like, oh, this is a fun entertainment thing. No. Like, let's go to a bar, and I bet this guy is going to beat up everyone in here. Yeah. Every, if you find any wrestler's biography, right, and you're able to scan through and find who they mention as the legit toughest person in wrestling history, it will always be Haku. It, every time. Also went by Ming in, mm-hmm. in, in WCW, WCW. But just known as the legit toughest most badass guy that ever walked the planet and this is by alpha male badass men that could beat up nearly everybody uh, yeah they all go nobody wanted to mess with that guy because he would destroy multiple people at one time yeah and also on this card you've got uh the regal twins coming back versus the foundation yes. Uh, the return of Anthony Sharkbit Gutierrez after his successful victory in MMA transitions to the pro wrestling side uh, and returns to Metro Pro. Um, Marty Bell versus Lucy Mendez and much more. Again, that is going to be the Turner Rec Center, 831 South 55th Street, Kansas City, Kansas, Metro Pro. All right, now, the last event I got for you, and woo, if, does, if this doesn't say summer, then you got something wrong with you. At the Sprint Center, Saturday, May 19th, 8 p.m., we've got Jimmy Buffett. Tried to amend my carnivorous habits. Oh. 
yeah. You thought I was going to play Margaritaville. Psych. You're going to play that noise. It's a, a good whole, song, though. It is a good song. Uh, but we're going to play some Cheeseburger in Paradise. Um, man, uh, Jimmy Buffett is another one of these where if you go to a Jimmy Buffett concert and you don't in some way smile and have fun, you should talk or to a therapist. Or leave high. Yeah, or leave high. You should talk to a therapist because something is wrong with you and you might need medicinal intervention. Agreed. Right. I, you know, like I said, there's not too much to say about Jimmy Buffett than summertime, fun, white guys weed like right there right. you know right. <laughs> love it yeah that's honest yeah that's good honest. that is right there uh, hey oh. and if you're a black guy go to it too because guess what everyone there is going to be so friendly well, I mean, i've never yeah. met i've never met a aggravated mean upset jimmy buffett fan <laughs> right you know yeah, it's 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 the old guy version of and not even old guy i mean other people may like it but it, it's that version of not a hippie but you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's hippie adjacent. Right. Right. It's just a little more weed shy of hippie, right? It's, it's a few more margaritas, not enough weed, right? There'd be, that that would be your mix into hippie right there. I think. Right. Right. Agree. And a beach, throwing a beach. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Some sandals, some sandals with some socks and of all kinds. Everybody can love fun. I don't care what color you are. Where are you from, man? Uh, Jimmy Buffett is fun. Yeah, but that being said, there is going to be a ton of white dudes there. There so. will be a lot of white people there. Yep. <laughs> All right, sure. so there's your review. Uh, go beat up Jimmy World at the Truman. You got Summer Fireworks and Buck Night at the K, uh, the return of Metro Pro, and then Jimmy Buffett. Tim's favorite. We like to make fun of Cleveland. Yeah, because it's Cleveland. And if you're listening uh, from Cleveland right now, thank you, but... <laughs> You're from Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, man. Like, I do not. I've never understood, like, hey, man, you should be proud of the hometown that you didn't have a choice in, right? Like, if your city is great, like, Kansas City is great, then that's awesome. Be proud of it. But don't just be proud of something because you happen to come from there, right? Right. But if you're from Cleveland, you should definitely not be proud that you're from Cleveland. Yeah. Well, Cleveland may not be proud of uh, one of their sons here uh, as I read this news story. Authorities say, this is from the Associated Press, right, as of May 2nd, 2018. Authorities say, a man sent to state prison for bank robbery has robbed the same Cleveland bank branch the day after his release. Federal prosecutors in Cleveland say 40-year-old Marquico Sonny Lewis was indicted Tuesday on a single count of bank robbery for robbing a Cleveland Key Bank branch April 12th. Prosecutors say he took just over $1,000. Lewis of Maple Heights was sentenced to 30 months in prison in Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Court in April 2016, including time already served, after having pled guilty to robbing the same bank branch in November 2015. So this man went to jail for 30 months Mm -hmm. for robbing a bank branch. He gets let mm-hmm. out of prison after 30 months, and the mm-hmm. next day goes and robs the same bank branch. Because when you're in Cleveland, you do Cleveland things. Agreed. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, Cleveland, you guys are knocking out of the park with these heroes here. That's Too bad you can't do it with your baseball team. Tom's favorite. Deadpool 2 is about mm-hmm. to come out here any day now. And it has all the hype that all the other 
uh, superhero movies have, right? Just like the Avengers, Infinity War, just like Batman versus Superman, just like Wonder Woman, all of the stuff, right? All the hoopla. However, uh, Deadpool kind of takes a left turn with the uh, sarcasm, breaking the fourth wall, all of those things. So you kind of expect when they debut the... Uh, single from their upcoming motion yeah, their pic- soundtrack, soundtrack yeah, yeah. you would expect hey we're gonna go a little left field maybe a little wale maybe a little childish gambino wouldn't be shocked if it was that maybe a little even jimmy world wouldn't shock me right, right. it's just something that something way, fun you know? right well guess what not only did they take a left they actually took a huge right Mm. And went so far out of left field because I'm going everywhere with these analogies. And yeah, there we go. Uh, are we up? Are we down? Are we right? Are we left? Yeah. That's Deadpool. Well, that's, yeah, and that is what you feel like. Uh, my favorite thing of the week is the uh, newest single from the motion picture soundtrack of Deadpool 2 by, of course, Celine Dion. I tell you what yeah celine dion coming through uh yeah mm. this is a golden pipes right i mean the songbird of her generation yeah oh man such a fantastic voice that was amazing that was the most beautiful performance i've ever seen in my life thank you so much thank was, you no thank you we need to do it again okay why well, it's too good. Yeah, this is this is Deadpool 2, not Titanic. All right, you're at like an 11. We need to get you down to a five, five and a half tops. Just phone it in. Listen, this thing only goes to 11. So beat it, Spider-Man. God, I should have asked NSYNC. Yeah, Deadpool's fun. And, and I'll tell you this about Celine Dion, at least from an outsider's perspective. She does a great job of poking fun at herself right oh, now. That yeah. was a very great song, but... At the end, she got it, right? She's in on the joke. Yep. My voice only goes to 11. Ha, ha, ha. All of that stuff. Uh, but I was like I was about to say, though, I think she has the best voice of any power ballad singer. Oh, right. better, than, better than Mariah. Better than Whitney. Better than Adele. Better than Beyonce. All of them. For me, if you want a power ballad, woo! Celine Dion. Celine Dion. So that is my favorite thing. The new front runner for Oscar for song of the year, Deadpool two, Celine Dion ashes. Now I've got another thing. Here's a bonus. Oh, oh. you like two bonus. things. You don't like, yeah, two I things. like two things. It's, it's a, a bonus struggle for you to like one thing, thing. I tell you what, well, guess what? It's easy to like another thing when it's about myself. Ah, there we go. All right. If there's one thing that I love, uh-huh. It's me. I, I said love that, me some me. I said that to uh, my wife. I, I had mentioned something about like when I was in the bathroom and like I'd missed something because I was like, well, because I was busy looking in the mirror because, you know, I love myself. Right. Like, so, you know, like, this. yeah, it's me. I'm like the a, type of guy where if you want to know how great I am, just ask me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and not well, having a feeling go. like how great I am. Exactly. Right. The bean of right. Tom to is amazing. Be. Right, yeah. So as I mentioned in what I did this past week, uh, I called some play-by-play. And uh, I mentioned on the Friday night, the Invictus show, how I saw an injury that I've never seen in the history of history, right? Well, on Saturday, I also saw something I have never seen in person. Now, I've seen this in videos. I've seen this in fights and other uh, promotions, but I've never actually seen it in person. And I've actually never called it uh, by doing play-by-play. So I will let me and my uh, partner that night, Anthony Smith, UFC light heavyweight, uh, tell you the action. James doesn't seem to be too intimidated. Oh, what a knockdown! And we go into a rear naked choke by Brian Wilkerson. Oh, man. Whack. Right here. Boom. They both went down, and he goes right to the neck. Doesn't get his hooks in or anything. Yeah, you could kind of tell, like, they both weren't expecting to also be hit, right? (laughs) They were both kind of like, oh, and then they, like, uh, yeah, they fall down. It was great. And it's shocking because typically if you get knocked down, you're like, well, that guy hit me pretty hard, so now i got to be in defensive mode. But for in the case of Brian Wilkerson, he was like, wait a minute. No, no, that guy is actually hurt. I've got to recover. It was insane. It was right in front of us. We got to see all of the action front row. It was so much fun. And that's my second bonus favorite thing of the week. Tim and Tom. All right, man. Kansas city urban youth Academy, uh, was a fun interview. Darwin Penny. Uh, and we sat there and talked to him for a little bit afterwards too, just kind of reminiscing about old times and, uh, you know what I mean? Like what we enjoyed about youth and sports and all that kind of stuff. Uh, really nice people there. Very accommodating to us. Showed us around. Uh, really seem to love what they're doing. So check them out. As we said throughout the interview, uh, they're doing great things. So go check them out. And then, uh, gosh, we'll try to not get in any fights this weekend. Uh, no promises. Uh, you know, no promises. No promises. I'm going to shout at somebody. It's going <laughs> to happen, right? I mean, it's just who? Just who? Maybe you'll be the next story on Tim and Tom. <laughs> Uh, we'll come back next week with more Tim and Tom. Fun fact, Kim Jong-un has banned sarcasm in North Korea. See me getting to that work, you only do it part-time. I don't see you catching up, you in for some hard times. You see how big I done came up from that small time. I'm here for the all-time. See me getting to that work, you only do it part-time. I don't see you catching up, you in for some hard times. See how big I came up from that small time. Off y'all time, I came for the all time. I just want a banner in the Raptors, bedroom at posters plaster. Looking at them made me want it better, knew I had to master faster. The life I looked to capture faster than most of what these rappers after. Rather talk about what doesn't matter Make my pockets fatter Chat about it after Try to shatter all I work to manufacture Cause slackers never seen a benefactor Beating took a dagger Bending over backwards Just a platter Crackers trying to jack a swagger Jack a tractor Trailer track down my detractors Driving through the pasture All they faithful gather Find a field of actors Full of facial practice Tim and Tom